Hey guys, I just wanted to reach out to you and let you know that Sherwinder is still selling amazing products. Some of you guys have been dragging your feet for whatever reason. If your shoulder hurts, do not waste time. Pull the trigger. I just bought uh, four or five of them and uh, we had two guys out. You know how much it cost me to pay for two guys being out with bad shoulders? We just pulled the trigger and we said, listen, everybody's going to have one on a truck. It's mandatory. You got to use it. Don't hesitate. Don't wait till your guys go down. It's going to cost you more. Buy a sure winner. It's not every day someone invents something that changes the game. I found out about this product that I'm talking to you about, uh, and I had to try it. So I ordered a few, and after using it, I'm sold. Now we stock them on our trucks. It's called Allbrace. And it will help you sell more service and buy you time until doors come in. There's never been a greater time for a product like this. Phil has a video on his website of him cutting a door literally in half, installing the all brace and running it like nothing ever happened. It is literally incredible. One of the greatest selling videos I've ever seen. You're going to want to check it out at all-brace.com. What's up guys. I've had an exciting day. Uh, today we signed our lease on our new Buckhead location. Uh, it was funny. I was doing research on Buckhead and it said it's the Beverly Hills of the South. I disagree. I disagree a little bit, but I've been to Beverly Hills. I've been to Buckhead and uh, the houses are very expensive in Buckhead, but it is not, I don't think, a Beverly Hills Um Maybe close. Closest thing on the East Coast, maybe. Um, so, but we're excited to be part of the Buckhead location, our Buckhead community. And uh, we, we plan to put some stuff in place to give back and do all the things that we normally do. So we are super, super pumped. Um, it was a place that was vacant before, and now it's um, uh, they're leasing it up. And I feel like we got a really good deal. Um, it carries a 24 foot, 22 or 24 foot sign above the storefront. We're going to light that sucker up. I want to be able to see it from Google satellite. Uh, <laughs> so that is the goal. I want to see my sign from Google satellite. So anyway, today, I hope you guys are doing well. I know you guys are out hustling your butts off. I've, I've had so many conversations with people talking about how business is slowed and uh, things are a lot different than they were a year ago. Uh, rightfully so, right? The writing was been on the wall. And uh, so we're going to talk a lot about that, or, or we did talk a lot about that, or we're actually talking a lot about that right now at GDU. Right, Tamara? Yep, it's exciting. When is this going live? Uh, Tuesday. This Tuesday? If you want it to, yeah. Dude, Thomas, you're in two places at once, bro. <laughs> you're literally teaching right now. And you're on the podcast. Yep. I'm with How you. Cool in both two places at once. How do we do it? I don't know. Omnipresence, my friend. Omnipresence. <laughs> I like that. So Thomas Keenan is an author. Um, he is the master integrator. Uh, if I could afford him, he would be at the top of my list for someone to run my company, which I have Josh. So I don't need him for that one, but for one of my others, uh, but simply probably cannot afford him. Uh, he's gone off on his own. He did an event. You did an event. How did that go? 
Yeah, November 1st and 2nd was uh, the first event that I've run under my own umbrella. Uh, it was awesome, man. I kept it small intentionally. Yeah. Because I wanted impact. And I, I think, you know, you got your event coming up here, and I'm going to be speaking there this upcoming week. And I haven't been to one of your events, but from the backside that I've seen so far, it seems that you have the same theory about events that I do. Mm -hmm. And here's, I'm just going to probably punch someone dead in the dick right now. I'm not going to like it, but too bad. <laughs> um, there's a lot of these, 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 we'll call it gurus out there. Yeah. These influencers yeah. that are going out there and getting all these people into their events and they're very high level. And, and, and yes, there may be high level people in the room. But they're very surface level is what I mean with the content that's delivered. And for someone who is more the back end of the business, the operations guy myself, that drives me crazy. Yes, that is needed 100%. It's, yeah. it's good to boost the endorphins and, and, and get the, you know, the chest beating going on and like, oh, this is fucking cool. Let me go home and crush the world. Yep. And then three days later, you're back to your normal routine because you lost the momentum, the drive. Whereas... From my perspective, what you've got going on at your event and what I did at my event, we actually show people how to do things. Right. Right. There's a lot more tactical stuff that's delivered. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's that's the differentiator. And in my opinion, you're talking about an economic downturn here. I truly believe that those who are in the coaching mastermind space, such as yourself and myself, those who are given that service level, those are the ones who are going to go down. Yeah. They're, they're going to lose their with this economic downturn that's that's supposedly yeah. we're in right now. I don't even know if you want to believe it. Um, but those of us who are delivering the actual how, the deliverable, and, and, and showing people this is exactly how you do this, I think that is uh, what's going to basically separate the men from the boys. So good, bro. And I, I love, like, you know, I probably shouldn't admit this, but uh, GDU for me is a lot like the podcast where I get to come on and meet like really cool people and learn and get paid to do it. Mm -hmm. Right. GDU is very similar. Like I said, I probably shouldn't admit this, but I get to get paid. I get to learn and I get to hang out with really cool people. Mm -hmm. And so I figured out how to monetize that years ago to get paid to learn, which mm -hmm. I love. I love to learn. I'm a sponge. And I can tell you that I've learned as much, well, almost as much from the guy who makes a million dollars, who's super creative, but like, uh, is a little bit of an OCD control freak. Um, and that's why he, he won't grow. Mm -hmm. I've learned almost as much from him as I have the guy who's got, you know, 50, 60 trucks or 20 trucks or, you know, 5 million, $10 million business mm -hmm. because there is so much to learn from everybody. Like, everybody's got such different perspectives. And if you're open to listening, you can't just write off somebody because they're a million dollar company and they're one guy, right? Mm -hmm. That guy obviously knows how to run a million dollar company of one person, which is pretty freaking spectacular. Yeah. Like not many people can do that. So yeah. how, why, what you got to have maximum structure. Things aren't falling through. You got great reviews online. How are you pulling that off without a freaking software using pen and paper? Like, their systems and processes are probably better than mine because they have to be right. Mm -hmm. I can make mistakes and have some slippage. They can't, uh, they've got to be on point. So there's a lot to be learned from every level, in my opinion. That's why I love GDU so much and masterminds as a whole. 
Yeah. I was kind of always against masterminds because it was probably like um, imposter syndrome. I was very much like, I'm not doing one of these, you know, mm. everybody does these, you know, uh, but we launched a virtual conference called virtual door dealer conference in 2021. And some of the feedback we got was people love the interaction with other dealers. That was like one of the top things that they enjoyed. So we were like, let's keep this going. Yeah. Let's put them all in a room together. Yeah. <laughs> and so that worked out, man. Uh, how long have you been doing yours? So uh, my business has been in place in September of 2020 when I moved down to Texas from New York. Uh, I had sold my last service-based company. I, I owned a GPS tracking and dash camera install company. Oh, and um, so timely to have that knowledge. By the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. From our previous conversation. Yeah, exactly. That's why I was like, you know, what, what brand are you using? Because I'm familiar with most of them out there. Uh, I had that company for 11 years and wound up uh, true, full transparency. I lost my passion for the business. I was partnered up with what someone. Say again? What caused that? Oh, man. You want the absolute truth? Yeah, I do. I went on a self-development journey. I started learning a lot, started reading a lot, started hanging out with people who were doing some bigger, more impactful things than I was currently doing. Yeah. And I realized that I had my ladder leaned up against the wrong building. And podcast title. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Did you I needed see it to coming till then or that developmental stage? And, you know, I, I, I saw some things, saw some writing on the wall for a while, but I didn't have the balls to pull the trigger. And um, I had a, a coach I was working with at the time in New York about five years prior to me actually making the, the, the decision to have the conversation with my then business partner and say, hey, man, I'm out. Um, about five years prior, he's like, you're going to have a decision to make. And he, he was brutally honest guy. Uh, you know, st still, still someone who I communicate with to this day, even though we don't have a, a working relationship. Nice. Uh, and I think that's important too. If you, if you're doing coaching, right. Right. You have a long-term relationship with that client. And I don't think you should have a client for three, four, five years in the coaching space. I really don't. Um, yeah, because so, you're kind of, by that time you've probably heard all the regurgitation. Yeah. Like how much can I tell you? Like, I can only show you so much of the things. I can only give you so much. You can only absorb so much from me before you have to go and actually implement and do the work. Yeah. Right. So anyway, this dude wound up having a real long, deep conversation with me. Uh, we were at a conference together in Phoenix and uh, there was a little bit of alcohol involved. Right. And that kind of loosens uh, things a bit. And he flat out told me, he's like, I see a tremendous amount of potential in you. And he goes, you, he goes, from my perspective, he goes, you got some happened in, in your younger ages that is, is holding you back from being the person that you really need to be and yeah that sounds like of, a prophecy bro yeah dude it was, it was creepy almost creepy like I, I walked away from that interaction being like what the hell did this guy just tell me <laughs> and um you know I, I'm just the kind of guy where I go and I get that information I absorb it and slowly but surely I will implement a game plan and go chip away at it little by little over time that's what I did that's good, bro. And so now you're very passionate about what you're doing. Yeah. You think you found your thing? hundred percent. I've known it now for probably the past, uh, my book came out, my first book on business came out in June of 2019. And it was right around that, that title. 
Uh, I wanted something that would just basically punch you dead in the face and you know what you're getting involved with. <laughs> right. And if, if the title pissed you off, then you probably, you're probably not my people. Yeah. Yeah. Your feelings are hurt. Mm-hmm. Have you yeah. got any backlash from people putting that on shelves or anything? Um, not really. Okay. I've gotten backlash from Facebook and Amazon though. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazon doesn't want to put it on their website. Uh, they don't promote it heavily. And you know, Amazon has an ads platform. If, if, if you're an author, you log into an, an account called kdp.com, Kindle Direct Publishing. Okay. Inside KDP, you have this whole author's area where you can put your, your profile, all your books and stuff. There's another button and tab there that says, hey, would you like to run promos for your book? Well, yeah, I want to run promos for my book. Who wouldn't? So, so I go in there and I start this whole process. They walk you through the whole thing. And, and it's like a simplified version of running a Facebook ad. Okay. <laughs> All right, cool. Let's let's put like thirty bucks a week behind this and see what happens, kind of deal. So uh, this is going. I haven't tried this now in, in quite a while, but the moment that I actually submitted it, because just like Facebook, hey, we got to submit the ad, we got to review it, and right. blah blah blah. They would always kick it back and be like, "There's a uh, uh, expletives in the title of the book, therefore we cannot show it." Mm. But there really isn't. I mean, it doesn't spell the word. Right. Yeah. It's got like a, a asterisk. Some, yeah, yeah. asterisk. Yeah. So uh, Facebook's doing the same deal right now. Um, I do have my ads team who's working on a hack. I can't say what that hack is right now until it actually works. But they're they're trying something with the artwork and the angles of the images to actually kind of fool because everything's AI now with the ads platform. Yeah. So they're trying to kind of game that system a little bit to see if we can run some paid traffic to it um, based upon the images that we upload to the system. Yeah. Smart play. I love hearing those stories. I know my listeners probably don't get much out of that, but I, I enjoy it. I think the story's cool. Yeah, for sure. But it was it was the process of self-developing, writing a book. Uh, I wind up having a lot of people. So coming from the GPS tracking space, similar to you, I started building a community of GPS tracking installers. And I built an actual Facebook group for it. And, and it's still operational to this day, has about 11, 1200 people in it, which I never even knew that was that many people in that industry in the entire country. Because wow. it was such a, a niche of a niche of a niche within an industry. And uh, I had all these guys reaching out to me because similar to you, man, I've always been ultra transparent with everything I do. I got nothing to hide. All right. So I'd go into this Facebook group once a week or so, do an hour long live, and I would screen share and show everything that we had built and had going on. Not necessarily numbers and whatnot, but hey, this is the process that we use. This is the new software I'm using. This is how we're scheduling appointments. This is how we're uh, appointment reminders are going out. This is how our field techs are updating job tickets and all that kind of crap. And um, I had a lot of guys in the industry slide into my DMs who were like, bro, you're out of your mind. You're giving away your plays. And and my perspective of it was, like, let's say there's 100 people that watch that live. Of those 100 people, 10 of those suckers are going to take action. Of the 10 people who take action, maybe one of them is going to complete the work. Right. And by the time they complete the work, they're already two years behind me completing that work. I got nothing to lose, man. Yeah. I got nothing to lose. Execution is one of the most underrated qualities. And I've learned, because I was in technology, that's the name of the game, bro. Hold, hold your cards close to your chest. Mm-hmm. Go as fast as you can. And don't let anybody catch up to you, right? Like it's a, it's a miserable, miserable business because you're never done. 
you know, it's like you're always grinding. The product team's always grinding. The salespeople are always grinding market share. And so um, it's very difficult to ever be like, yay, we've arrived. Like, this is good, which Mm -hmm. I don't know that it's ever like that with business, but like for a garage door company, I don't think we feel that nearly as much because there's not as much innovation. There's not as much like, you know, so anyway, I think that um, very few people can take someone else's lesson and execute it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we see this with GDU, um, you know, mad props to my guys, but sometimes we'll ask the same questions and I'm like, dude, you got this answer. Mm-hmm. Like it's time to execute, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And we've got some guys who are great at it, but we got some guys who will want to talk about it for like six months. Mm-hmm. And you, you got to stop talking at some point and you got to do it. Yeah, 100%. And, and execution is not easy. Mm-hmm. It can be scary for some people too, right? Like you're taking a risk and you got a good thing. You're making it. You're comfortable. Why rock the boat? Mm-hmm. Well, because rocking the boat gives you your mm, back, you know, mm-hmm. like you're a man and we've got to like wake up with a purpose and we've got to take risk. We're not built to be behind computers all day. Yeah. Like we are hunters. So you can either go kill food or you can go kill business. Mm -hmm. One exhausts the energy and mental fortitude that you have. And it takes that, you know, to go kill and drag it back. Like you need that in your life as a business owner. And, you know, you talk a lot about implementation and uh, execution. Um, You're one of the best at it. Tell us from your perspective, what does it take? Uh, what qualities um, are we looking for when we're a business owner and we're like, man, I've had it need somebody to run my business for me, like Mm -hmm. a general manager or something. Yep. What are we looking for in the qualities of that person? Because that's either a huge miss or a home run. It's really no in between. Yeah. I got a process to, to figure it out. But before we dive into that process, I also want to call out those business owners who are like, oh, I want to walk away from everything because it's too much. No, don't do that because your, your company is going to burn to the ground. Yeah. Right. Don't be like, oh, this person's going to come and they're going to take everything off my plate for me. Please don't do that. Like you have to inspect what you expect. That's good. Right. So um, here's the deal. Each of us is a completely different person. Yes, you if, you. if you're looking at a disc assessment, yes, you may be a high D and high Ds just are, do this, but nobody is, is, is literally cut from the same cloth because our DNA is so different. Our personalities are different. Our experiences who lead us to the person we are today are different. So if you're looking for that right-hand person, there's a couple of things that I like to do. Uh, you ever read any of the books from, from uh, EOS, like Traction, Rocket Fuel? Yeah. All right, cool. I'm a big fan of those books. Um, I don't necessarily run Rocket Fuel as an operation system. I'm sorry, or EOS as, as an operation system, but there's pieces of it that I pull from. Yeah, I have to. Right. So one of the things that they talk about heavily in rocket fuel is, is the difference between the integrator and a visionary. Right. And, you know, the main difference is why they're both can important. Can you be too. both? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. So can you be one and then change to the other? Yes, you can. Okay. Yeah, not very often, but you can. I've been that guy. So I was yeah. an integrator for a software company. Mm-hmm. They would point, you go do it little direction. We need you to dominate this market. Yeah. Done. I need Done. resources. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, a year later we're in position, yep. but 
then I became a visionary. Mm-hmm. Well, I had to be an integrator because I started my company, right? You can't, it's hard to be a visionary in a garage mm-hmm. when you're a one-man show making, you know, $700,000 for the year. But my desire to be a visionary is what pulled me out of the garage. Yep, 100%. Yeah. So this is one of the tools that we use to determine, give us a baseline of where you are currently. Right. And I, I agree with you because I flip flopped a couple of times and I got no problem talking about that too. Yeah. Um, You're a visionary for your company now. And I have to be. Right? Yeah. But I'm, my, my natural uh, abilities fall more in the integration side. Okay. And, and a lot of that has to do with my past career. I spent 22 years as a custom car audio installer. Nice. I was literally getting paid to integrate aftermarket electronics into your factory vehicle system. Yeah. So the, that skill set carries over. Yeah. yeah. And when you're doing what you, if you even, that's a really cool point because even if you're doing integration, because you're an integrator at different levels, you're still going to get satisfaction out of it. Whether you're doing like car audio in, integration or you're doing um, like your business integration. So like, it's, it's a calling, right? So if you have that calling and you're doing it, you should feel fulfilled, mm-hmm. right? 100%. And what causes yeah. burnout then? What causes burnout? Doing that you don't like doing. And granted, there's certain things in business. I don't care what seat you sit in that you have to do. It just, it's, it's a responsibility. Uh, but that's where we start going in and running clients through time assessments. You know, what are you doing? Where are you spending your time? Figure out what your time is worth. And let's get the that you absolutely despise doing off of your plate, because I guarantee you there's some weird on the other side of the, uh, of the country or the state or the town that likes doing that crap. Yeah. All right. For me personally, that's bookkeeping. Do not ask me to touch the books. Yeah. However, if you try to run a business with no bookkeeping, like, yeah, good luck. It's not good. Not going to happen. So would you say that... In that case, let's say that there was such a thing as being good at doing something you don't love, mm-hmm. like a discipline, mm-hmm. right? That would be called discipline, right? Like doing something you don't love. Yeah. Uh, or a necessity, right? There, necessity. There, so as we're building the company, there's these roles that we have to sit and we have to fulfill. And if we don't get somewhat good at it, we're not going to be able to do things. So for me, uh, I had to learn marketing. And when I, when I owned my last service-based company, there was no one who sat in that seat, nor did we have the budget to hire someone to come in and do the marketing for us. So guess who watched every YouTube video I could possibly get my hands on and, and every software training and course that came out on the platform I was using at that time, I consumed all of that and then went and did some work and started putting some things together. And for me, the way that my mind works, and this is more the integrator part of me, if I see something that's done, if I see a system or process that's done, if I see the way that, if you give me the blank canvas, I'm f-ed. it'll take me 10 times longer to figure, I'll get it done, but it's gonna take me 10 times longer to figure it out. If you give me framework, if you give me a, a template to use, I will look at it and say, oh, I know exactly how we can optimize that in like two seconds. It's yeah, just- You need walls before you can, yeah. So let's talk about that too, because that's a huge issue that I see a lot of times with visionaries. Mm -hmm. So me, how many fingers can we point at me right now? Mm -hmm. So uh, my wife will remind me, she's like, Ryan, you don't communicate well. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, babe, I told him to do this. And she's like, yeah, but does he know how? 
And I'm like, sure he does. Simple. And she's like, has he done it before? I'm like, I don't know. She's like, well, you need to find out. Mm-hmm. And so I'll go to that person and be like, hey, dude, uh, I asked you to do this. It's been like a week. What's going on? Uh, bro, I've never done this before. I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Like, well, why didn't you say something? He's like, because you said it with such confidence. Like I was supposed to know what I was supposed to do. He's like, I've been researching it. I just don't know what you need from me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, damn it, man. Is that his fault or mine? That's my fault. Yes, it is. So as a visionary, like how can we distinguish? Because there's certain things that I view as common sense. Yep. Which shows how ignorant that I actually am when, when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that. Like I'll own that. Um, but at the same time, how do we acknowledge the level of each person and how to communicate with them? So we know how to get the most out of them and clearly like communicate our request because for me, we're going so fast. It's like, Mm -hmm. Hey bro, I need this. Yep. Tamara can like, she's good. She's like, I already did it yesterday. Mm -hmm. You know, like she's good. Everybody else is probably like, okay, bro, I need like more details. Consistency in everything, including price, reliability, quality, not just quality, but great quality control. These are things that describe Somer USA. Somer is not some startup company, not one that you need to be worried about going out of business in the near future. Somer's a two. Somer and their family of businesses are $200 million companies. They're in over 100 countries, and they have locations in 20 countries. This is a large organization who stands behind their product and works through integrity. And there's not another company out there willing to drop what they're doing and help you out like Somer. These guys are awesome. Not only have they been loyal to the Torsion Talk podcast, they've been loyal to the technicians and the owners of the companies who install their product. In my opinion, if you're not at least offering Somer as an additional option, you're cheating yourself. Listen, first-time dealers, I've got a special for you. If you buy 10 or more Somers between now and the end of season six, while supplies last, we will offer you free shipping. You have no more excuses. The prices are great. The product is amazing. Go check out Somer USA and order 10 for free shipping. You know yeah. So here's a couple of things. Uh, I think every single, first off, everyone on the planet's in sales, right? And if you don't believe that, you're an idiot. Um, go ahead and get yourself educated on body language. I, mean, I don't care who you are, what what team you play on, what seat you sit in. You if have to learn how to read them. other people. Say again? What if they're virtual or you're not with them? Uh, I think it's still important because you can pick up on tonality from a person. Yeah. If I have a, a Zoom. If I pick up a phone and have a phone conversation with you, I can pick up tonality. So you're saying that you should not instruct people to do things that are important through email? Um, No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying add this tool to your tool belt because it's going to come in and be useful. Um, I like to actually bake this into the hiring process, right? And and one of the softwares that I use heavily for hiring and I get all my clients on it as well, it's called WiseHire. And um, I got a a great relationship with them. I've used them in several companies that I've owned and, and ran in the past. And 
in their hiring process, they, they have a disk integration. So basically, as you apply for the job, and I'm, I'm big on hiring hoops, we want to trip people up. We want to basically get as many leads because hiring is marketing. It's all it is, by the way. We want to get as many leads into this funnel as possible and then find every excuse under the sun to eliminate that person before we have the first interaction with them. Yeah. Right. So let's get this person in. Uh, and one of the hiring hoops that, that we're going to basically use to trip them up is we're going to ask them to take this disk assessment. It's going to take them about 15, 20 minutes. You and ask gonna... everybody who applies to take that? Yeah. Yeah. So that's the beauty of wise hire. Because I've done this in the past, not using WiseHire. And if, if you've ever worked with a, a personality assessment company, whether it's DISC or Predictive Index, or I don't care which one you use, they're like 50 to 55 bucks a piece. Yeah. yeah and, and so that's why I was asking. Yeah. So DISC is integrated with WiseHire. So when you pay your monthly bill of 179 bucks a month, it gives you unlimited DISC assessments, which is like unheard of. Like in, that in and of itself makes the software worthwhile. I'm going to have all my current employees go reapply for positions. So you don't have to do that with WiseHire <laughs> because they give you a link where you can send it and have all your existing really? team members take it. That's brilliant. And actually build you a map, a team map, tells you where you're strong and weak. But the reason I say this is, all right, cool. One of the steps to get on my team is you got to take this personality assessment. Let's fast forward and fast track through the hiring process. We hire you. We would then bring you through a detailed onboarding process, right? And now we have this document that your team leader has access to that says, this is how to effectively communicate with this human. It gives you those details in the notes. What are the different ways that you, like what's the most popular ways that you see? Like what's the- um, Some people like to get warmed up before you have to have a tough conversation with them. Other people want the, the, the directness, the bullet points, right? So you being a visionary, if you were to take a disc assessment, you're probably a high D if I had to guess. And if I came in there and I gave you the details off of a spreadsheet like us nerd integrators love, you lose your mind and kick me out of your office in three seconds. I want to build the spreadsheet from scratch so I understand it, but don't come in here trying to tell me all the different formulas you got built in and how you did it. Yeah. Like, I would lose my mind. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. Like you'll literally see me glaze over. <laughs> Tamara's like, yeah, I know when that happens. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. yeah. Or the phone just goes really quiet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, are you still with me, Ryan? Yes. Did I with yes. you? What did I just say? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm there. Yeah, that's me. So, like, really, it's kind of cool because you look at it like marriage, right? Where, you know, you, you probably couldn't find two people furthest apart than me and my wife. Mm -hmm. We're very totally different people. But we balance each other out so that works, well, right? When in business... We're talking about visionaries and integrators. Um, you know, like if you, if, if someone comes up to me and says, Hey, Ryan, can you mail this for me? I'm going to be like, bro, how do you mail something? Mm -hmm. Right. And integrators and be like, cool. I mail stuff all the time. No, absolutely not. No, no. I despise mailing. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we all agree that mail is like mail sucks. Mail. Sucks. No one likes it. All right. That's good to know. Good to know. I don't feel as bad now, but, but we have, we have people who, who love to like a visionary, in my opinion, like just mm -hmm. defining it is someone who feels trapped when they're in the garage having to do the job because they can't be planning the business. They can't yeah. be dreaming and making a plan. Uh, they're very plan oriented, futuristic, you know, looking at next year and beyond. They get frustrated when they're strapped for cash because they can't grow and can't do what they want to do. 
or an integrator is a head down taskmaster. Like just make me a list and I'm going to make it happen. Yeah. Hey, visionary, where do you, where do you, where do you see this company in three months? All right, cool. That's the target. That's, that's the goal. Now let the, let the integrator go and reverse engineer that game plan and just start hammering out those tasks. Mm. Right. And, and what you said before is hundred percent true. It's like, you're, you're an opposite of your wife. That's why the, the relationship works. Yeah. Same with me. Right. So when we, when we're that high hard charging visionary, who is that, that person, the energetic leader who's got a hundred new ideas a day, we have to go and find the integrator. And it's basically a, it's a yin yang. Yeah. So here's, here's a stat and here's a scary one. For every four visionaries, which most business owners and entrepreneurs are, by the way, mm-hmm. for every four visionaries, there's one integrator on the planet. Mm-hmm. Now, so integrators make more money than visionaries, is what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> the ratio is worse than that because it's not a four to one match. Like, oh, cool, we found an integrator. It's definitely a match. Now is when, okay, you may have them take the visionary integrator assessment on rocketfieluniversity.com, which gives you a, a good idea of what, what their, their natural strengths are. Is it more visionary? Is it more integrator? Right. Um, but now you're also going to leverage that disk assessment and see if the personalities match up. If they are a direct match, that's a red flag, believe it or not. This is, again, you want a yin and yang situation here. It's like, it's like two gears coming together. You want those teeth to kind of click into each other as they roll. Right. Um, and if you're too much like the other person, you're going to wind up banging heads and banging heads hard. That just happened to me. I'm so glad you said that. Like I hired somebody put them in management and she's an amazing person. Love her. And I screwed up because mm-hmm. I didn't do my due diligence, hired her as an integrator and she's a visionary. Mm. And I thought because of her resume, she was an integrator, right? She's a in the ditches type of manager though, who loves to have be a visionary. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we had to part ways, which sucked uh, because I love her. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it's like, once you know, like you're doing more damage by like eating the mistake than you are like just making it happen. Yeah. Uh, she's a beautiful person. And mm-hmm. you know, I don't know that she'll ever l- l- let me talk to her again, but, uh, but at the same time, you know, I'll always be here for her. And that's, it's, is a visionary. That's tough because a lot of times we're very emotional people. I get attached very yeah. easily. How mm-hmm. do you, do you see that being a common trait with visionaries? hundred yep. percent. It's almost better to have that that hard backbone in between the visionary and the employees. Yeah. yeah. I, I often uh, have been in a couple of different companies where I've sat in the integration role. And the first thing that we've had to do is fire the visionary from anything to do with hiring. <laughs> Dude, that might be the realest thing I've ever heard in my life. And mm-hmm. guess what? Like that might be the biggest challenge my staff ever has, because listen, Nobody can sell the dream like me. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for people who are overqualified, who buy into my vision and are grinders. Mm-hmm. Love it. And I attract those people and I'll sell it. I'll even tell them, look, this is not all like pastures and, you know, you riding hordes. This isn't a country club. Like mm-hmm. you're going to be working your butt off. Here's the negatives. Here's the positives. If you're good, I want you to meet my team. 
And they're like, cool. I want to meet your team. I want to mm-hmm. be on board. like, by the time I'm done with them, mm-hmm. they're so jacked up on the phone. Mm-hmm. That they're like, how soon can I meet them? When can I yep. start? You know, whatever. And I'm like, cool, let's do this. You know? And when they come in, it's not even an interview. They're just like, Hey, when can we do this? And yeah. so my team probably feels like, Hmm, it feels like the decision's already been made. Yep. And then they're just going along with it. Mm-hmm. And I recognize that now. You need to reverse that process. You need I to be do. the final person. Yeah. Not the first person. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, do you miss, like, I think Josh would probably do a decent job of like selling, selling the vision, but nobody can sell it like me. Like, no, because you're the founder of the company. It's your dream. It's your vision. Yeah, right. So it's like, okay, well, are we going to miss on people that we should get if he can't sell them on the job? Possibly, but there's, you, got, you kind of got to be okay with it. Oh my gosh. Like, I'm okay with a missed phone call or like you messed up a job. Yeah. Like missing on like Tamara, like what would have happened if I didn't choose Tamara? Like, because you know, something, one of my, my teammates said that she didn't like, mm-hmm. I would still be scrambling around like wailing, crying <laughs> about all the work I have to do. Yeah. So, I mean, you know that's what? scary to me. Sure it is. But as you continue to grow and scale your company, what, what's your alternative? Am I going to do all this myself and hire people and hire people and then have the same? I think sure. I would feel better if I had someone who was like a recruiter or a headhunter yeah. that, that had experience hiring. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not sure that I really have that person on my staff who's got a lot of experience recruiting and hiring. Yeah. And I know what it takes. I've done it my whole life. I've hired mm-hmm. over probably 150 people in my career. Yeah. I'm 43 years old. That's mm-hmm. 20, 23, 24 years. Probably I've been hiring people Yeah, since I was 19. I was a manager. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I know I can do this. Mm-hmm. If I want somebody bad enough, I'm going to sell them on the job. Right. Make it happen. But yeah. But that's that rule number moment. one too. Right. Like, like you, you can't want it more for them. Than they want it for themselves. Yes. So yeah, in my opinion, the way that I do hiring and I teach my clients is let them prove to you that they have the wants, the the willingness, and they're they're willing to put up with a little bit of on the front end to show you how bad they really want it. Yeah. So I like to sell the job and then take it away and tell all the bad Mm -hmm. and be like, okay, I've told you all the good. It's not all green pastures. Let me explain. And then I just ramble off all the bad stuff and I'm Mm -hmm. very blunt about it. And then I'm like, what do you think? And then yep. like, I love it. But people really appreciate the transparency and the honesty because interviews don't normally go that way. Right. Yeah. Agreed. So I don't know, dude. I don't know. This has been like a counseling session for you. I feel like I'm on a couch right now. Like, oh my so God, this is how you started the podcast, right? You started the podcast saying I've been blessed. And one of the reasons I like the podcast and, and, and the mastermind is because I get to learn from others yeah. and, you know, I sit in your seat most times because I'm hosting my own podcast and it's the same deal, dude. I bring in guests who I have conversations with and it's like, Oh, I get to ask this person some real serious questions that I probably couldn't ask them unless I was paying them five or 10 grand a month. Right. Yeah. Right? No joke. And yeah. I got sponsors <laughs> paying me to see. This is great. This is great. Yeah. So yeah, hundred percent, dude. I do feel a little vulnerable right now. Always. Because now like, here's the problem. No matter what, when something comes to light, mm-hmm. 
it always comes to a head in the near future, whether you plan it or not, for whatever reason, it always happens that way. So Thomas, I hate you, bro, because now I've got to freaking deal with something with hiring within the next probably two months because if i don't it's gonna happen regardless because well good thing we got your event coming up because it's gonna be one of my topics there you go that's awesome and and i'm speaking of hiring Mm -hmm. like we we as business owners especially visionaries i believe need to fire ourselves from a bunch of jobs oh hell yeah like we try to do too much in our businesses a lot of times and you know, a lot of, a lot of guys do it under the premise that they're better at it, but what's interesting. And here's what I found. Cause I had the same complex, right? Like nobody can answer the phones. Like I can, nobody can hire. Like I can, nobody can sell doors. Like I can, nobody can repair doors and sell the repair. Like I can. It's very interesting when you're trying to do all of those things, no matter how great you are at them, you're not effective because mm-hmm. you're trying to do too much. Too much. Right? But if you were to hire people that were, let's say, 60 or 70% as good as you are at those individual things, but their sole focus are those things, they're going to outbeat you, outsell you, outperform you every single time because their full capacity mm-hmm. is built on that. Yep. I, that's the same rule that I go with, right? It's like, um, when it comes to hiring other people to replace yourself or fill a role or void, if the person can operate or can complete the, the task between 60 and 70% as good or as effective as you can, and the other piece here, missing piece, and there is a cultural alignment, they align with your core values and, and match the culture, do not let that person go. Because I don't know about your math, but my math says 60 plus 60 equals 120%. So if I get two people in there to basically backfill what I was doing, even on my, my best day, I can't produce 120%. Right. My son says he can, but whatever. Mm-hmm. We go into soccer. I'll be like, bro, how much we give in an effort today? 110%. I'm like, dude, if you give 110%, like, how are you going to do that? He's like, I'm going to go till I can't go no more. And I'm going to push harder. And I'm like, cool. I was like, if you did that every practice, we have two practices a week. Would that roll over and give you 20% extra in the game? He's like, yeah. I was like, then I'm doing 200%. And so anyway, we, we got this whole, like, <laughs> we do this thing in the car all the way. All right, bro. How, what percent are you giving today? Yeah. He's like, well, we're playing a really tough team on Saturday. So I'm going to give 140% this time because I need, I need like 60 or 80 extra percent for Saturday. <laughs> I'm like, he's so mathematical and logical awesome. about it. Yeah, it's funny. So really excited to have you at GDU, bro. Um, you'll be there. Are you going to be able to hang out like Monday through? Uh, yeah. So it's uh, it's funny. Tamara and I were talking yesterday. I'm going to be there Monday evening. Awesome. For the party. For the party. Yep. From the rooftop yep. party. You can bring your Perfect. wife. Cool. You yeah, want? I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll be there for that. And then Tuesday I'm coming in, I'm speaking. And then I, I'm, I'm not going to be back in on Wednesday. I have to go do a, uh, a that's day one of a two day onsite I'm doing with a client in South Very Texas. Cool. Very cool. So you're an author, yep. you got a mastermind and yep. you sell consulting. Mm-hmm. Uh, if someone was interested in hiring you for consulting, tell us a little bit about what you can deliver um, and why somebody would hire you for consulting. Yeah. So like we've been discussing here on, on most of this podcast, I am very heavily focused on the operation side of things. 
of the actual how this is how we grow and scale a company. Mm -hmm. um, I'm very fortunate to have been in a couple of positions over my career where I've actually helped companies do that. Not once, not twice, but multiple times. And I have a proven track record that goes mm -hmm. along with it. Um, and there's a lot more to it than just business, in my opinion. Yeah. Because, and I'll, I'll give you some quick backstory here. When I started getting into this space around 2017, 2018, I was about 315 pounds and completely out of shape. Right. And the last thing now I focused on. Like it's holding on for dear life because you're muscle. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you guys who aren't watching YouTube. Yeah. So, um, like, I started taking care of myself. And those I was surrounded with were taking better care of themselves. And I was like, man, these guys are taking better care of themselves. They're pouring more time into their family and their other relationships and their kids. They seem happier. And because they're in better mental shape, physical shape, emotional uh, shape, their companies are doing better. So there's got to be some alignment there. And, and a lot of what I've been able to help my clients with is kind of pulling all those pieces together. I'm not an online fitness coach, nor do I claim to be. I don't want nothing to do with that space. I got friends who were there, right? So if I got a client who comes in who's struggling in that area, you're right, we're going to have that conversation. And if it makes you uncomfortable, good. But this is something that you're going to need to dial in in order to become the best version of you. Yeah. Right? So what, let's look at all these different areas of your life that I can help you in because I've had to overcome a lot of that crap in my own journey to get from where I was to where I am now. Yeah. And when I started getting selfish, and not in a bad way, when I started getting selfish and taking care of me first thing in the morning, every day, non-negotiable, it really got good in my life. And not just my business life, but my personal life too. Do you say that because you established discipline at the very part, beginning part of your day and it carried over? Yeah. Is that probably what you... Yeah, 100%. Okay. 100%. Yeah, it, it's... um. So with that same thing, when you say take care of yourself, I imagine like... You know, uh, some things I probably shouldn't say. And then like working <laughs> out, right? Like time with the wife. We'll just say that. Yes. Time with the wife and then working out. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, like, that's all part of it. In the afternoon though, let's say like you got a business owner who's yep. like, dude, I am not a morning person. Mm -hmm. I've tried, can't do it. hundred mm -hmm. percent. Could he work out in the afternoons if he's like an evening person and still mm -hmm. have that same effect? Cause I keep hearing all these people like you got to get up at four in the morning and do this. Uh, if you it, listen, if there's nothing else you got to get, you got to move your body. Yeah. However, I was that guy. I was that guy who was like, nah, my DNA says I'm a night owl. I was the dude to be up to 4.00 AM in the, in the garage with a 12 pack of beer doing <laughs> the work. I do my best work late at night <laughs> and then I got to sleep till 10 AM. Yeah. And, um, when I got intentional and I forced myself to start doing things on it, on the opposite schedule, it helped tremendously. So yeah, you don't necessarily need to wake up at 5am like I do every day. Right. But I, I'm here to tell you firsthand that when I, when I stopped waking up at 10am and I started waking up at five or six and I started taking care of me first thing that things got a lot better. And it here's like anything else, man, you know, this too, you can't expect it to change you instantaneously. Yeah. Right. It has been a long freaking road to get from where I was to where I am now Yeah, in all areas of life. And 
you know, it's why I, I, if you read any, any crap I put out on social media, read my blog or my books or whatever, I often say small steps forward daily. And that's because everyone wants to come up to the plate and swing and hit this home run. And like, yeah, that's cool. You're going to score some runs occasionally, but can we chip away at this a little bit each and every day and make forward progress no matter how bad the day is? Bro, you can apply that. Okay. If you're listening to this podcast, take this to heart because I see this as being one of the biggest issues with business owners, especially when they go to those conferences that you were talking about earlier, Mm -hmm. where they get this high, high level stuff and a pitch to mm-hmm. buy all these things. And then they go back and think they got to buy everything and they got to implement everything right now. And they're so pumped up and they're so like, and everybody's like, take action, take action that they feel like they're obligated to do it or they're not doing it right. And, you know, smart, intelligent business owners don't take something they heard and implement it right away unless it's an emergency. Yep. Smart business owners already have a plan for one to three years. Mm-hmm. They're going to a conference. They may get emotional, but they're going to be like, they're going to have emotional intelligence enough to be like, after I calm down, if I'm still passionate about this, mm-hmm. I'm going to see if I need to put this in the project list. And if I need to do that, I'm probably 12 months out from even getting to it. Yep. Right. But these guys, bro, like I'm hearing the stories, they're coming back from these conferences. And I I swear to God, if I hear one of my people trying to go back and implement something the first week they get there, I'm going to freaking scream because Mm -hmm. yes, I'm going to educate you, but this is not for everybody to go back and try to stuff everything they learn in three days into a project they got to finish by the end of December. Yeah, I agree. So frustrating, bro. So I, when we're there, I really want you to tell them that because I'm going to try and stay off the stage as much as possible. I, I'm just going to be there as a heckler, honestly. And <laughs> I want, and I want to ask good questions to stimulate conversation, but for the most part, I want my people to know that you should already have a plan, but if you don't, that's okay. But we've got to be better project managers and we've got to know that, Hey, every idea is not a now idea. Mm-hmm. We can plan it. Like, you know, Yep. I'm actually very, very impressed that I'm hearing that from a visionary. I struggle with it, but I preach it and I still try to do it. Tamara, I'm not bad at it. I'm not bad at it. Listen, it took me two years to pull the trigger on my Milton location. I Mm. want to do it right away. Josh is like, bro, not now. I'm like, Josh, my God, he's like, not now. I'm like, Mm. Josh, my God, do it. Please let me do it. He's like, not now. Mm-hmm. He's like, we're not, our foundation's not strong enough. We need to build the foundation. Then we go out. Mm-hmm. Like, Bro, can we do it now? He's like, no, we're not ready. Like, what about now? He's like, fine. Now's the time. I'm like, yes. And then like, I've already been planning for two years at that point. Right. I'm so excited about it. And if I crashed and burned, I was going to look like a total jack leg. Right. Because now I'm like, dude, I've been begging for two years to launch the same, but I'm the owner of the company. Yeah. I'm asking my integrator. Are we ready yet? are we ready yet? Are we ready yet? Are we ready yet? And then I do it. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I've been like, Hey dude, can we launch this other location? He's like, not yet. Mm-hmm. Like, are you sure? Are you sure? Cause like, I don't think it's going to be a big deal. He's like, we're not ready yet. I'm like, mm-hmm. Hey, are we ready? Yep. Yet? Are we ready yet? He's like, we're ready. I'm like, dude, I already got it. Are you going to be one of these three locations? I'm going to go scope out places. And then he lets me go do all my little thing, you know? And then I walk in, I got, I found this place. I walked out. I was like, bro, I know exactly how I'm going to decorate it within 30 seconds. I was like, this is it. I want this spot right here. So yeah, it's, uh, 
I like that relationship that we have because I like to surround myself with people who aren't yes men, mm-hmm. right? And hold me accountable because I probably would be that guy. Like, I mean, I do sometimes jump in, um, but sometimes halfway through, I'm like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. So many more important things I need to be yeah. doing right now. 100%. So that's how you get a bunch of half done projects, mm-hmm. right? because you didn't plan them, you didn't launch them at the same time, and you had more important stuff that needed to be addressed. Yeah, you wanna drive your integrator or your operations personnel absolutely <laughs> crazy. You come in there and you have them start on a new project every day. Yeah. And then come back a week later and bark at them and say like, how come you didn't finish that first project they gave you last Tuesday? Right. Well, boss, cause you told us to start 15 new ones since then. <laughs> right. Yeah, 100%. And, and uh, you know, one thing I learned as a visionary, too, is we're not very optimistic. We're not realistic with our timelines a lot of times. Um, so, like, we'll walk in and we'll be like, hey, I need to launch a new location and we need to do it next week. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, what? And, you you know, I think you can go one of two ways. Your team can be like this guy and they're never going to take you serious mm-hmm. or they're going to get bitter because they're like, dude, we're working our asses off. This dude just walks in the room and is like, we're launching a new location next week. Yeah, I'm not gonna see my wife for six months thanks to that decision, boss. Right, right, exactly. So it's yeah. kind of like, there's gotta be that give and take and that communication and the expectations. We gotta be real with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's something that I've really just learned probably within the last few years uh, because I was probably a little bit of the, the unrealistic, you know, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that, we're gonna do this. Um, so yeah, 100% bro, good conversations, man. Mm-hmm. Listen, if y'all listen to this, I hope you're feeling FOMO for not showing up to GDU, even though we only had like a few tickets left, but still, um, this has been a great conversation. Thomas, you're freaking bomb.com. Tamara, you got anything that you want to share before we shut us off? I just want to give Thomas the opportunity to um, tell us your website. And you said you mentioned you had a podcast and also where we can get your book. Yeah, sure. Uh, So if you want my book, go to thomaskeenan.com. Uh, my my main website is stepitupacademy.com. And if you want to check out the podcast, head over to Step It Up Entrepreneur. I love it. You're the bomb, dude. I'll yeah, appreciate you. On Monday. Yeah, I look forward to it. All right, man.